message you're about listening to is from Pastor E.A. Adeboe, the General Overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. As we continue with our series, Going Higher, Part 76, Going Higher, Part 76, we want to look at one, shall I call it, strange aspect of our God a section of him that many people don't pay too much attention to. As we look at First Kings chapter 21, from verse 27 to 29. 1 Kings 21, from verse 27 to 29. And it came to pass, when Ahab heard those words, that he rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went softly. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Seest thou how Ahab humbled himself before me? Because he humbled himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days, but in his son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. We want to talk about what happens when God changes his mind. There is a saying that a wise man changes his mind at times. It's only a fool that never changes his mind. A wise man changes his mind at times. Only a fool never changes his mind. What we call repentance is actually a change of mind. That is the true meaning of repentance. Isaiah 55, verse 7. Isaiah 55, verse 7. The Almighty God says, let the wicked man forsake his ways. Let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. And then let him return to the Lord, and he will pardon. Let the wicked repent, and God will change his mind. Ahab heard what Elijah said. God asked me to go and tell you the following. Eh? Ahab said, 
Oh God. Oh God. He tore his dress. He began to wear sackcloth. He began to fast. He began to walk very humbly before God. God said, Ah, Ahab. Okay. Elijah. Because I'm sure, Elijah, you, you've made up your mind that this man is finished. Have you noticed something? Because this man decided to walk humbly before me, at least I will postpone his punishment. Now we all know that when it comes to the word of God, ah, Psalm 119 verse 89, Psalm 119 verse 89, says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Not here on earth, where somebody may sweep it away. I mean, here on earth, I don't know if we have noticed, as young as I am, I have seen the same street named after three different people. They call it one name today. Tomorrow they change the name. Next time they change the name. So even if they, if they say they name a street after you in this world, they can wipe it off tomorrow. And put another man there. That's why when God says his word is going to be settled, it's settled in heaven where no human being can interfere. Psalm 33, verse 9 to 10. Psalm 33, 9 to 10 says, The reason the whole earth will fear before God is that he spake and it is done. Once he has spoken, it's done. Psalm 33, verse 11. Psalm 33, verse 11 says, The counsel of the Lord shall stand. That's scripture. Numbers 23, verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he spoken? Has he not done it? As he commanded, and will he not stand fast? We all know this. Jesus Christ said, heaven and earth will pass away, but not even a jot or tittle will pass away from my word. Ah. And then, as if to crown it all, Psalm 138 verse 2, Psalm 138 verse 2 says, God has magnified his word above all his names. That tells you how important the word of God is. He said, my word, I respect it more than I even respect my names, all my names. But you must never forget one thing. God is sovereign. 
Psalm 115, verse 3. Our God is in the heavens. He does as he pleases. And don't forget, like I said at the introduction, a wise man can change his mind. And God is the embodiment of wisdom. Daniel chapter 2, from verse 20 to 22. Daniel 2, 20 to 22, is the one who gives wisdom to the wise. So you think you have any wisdom? You got it from him. Not only that, James chapter 1, verse 5, James 1, verse 5, says, if you lack wisdom, uh, go to God and ask. He's the only one who can give wisdom because he himself is wisdom personified. So God is trying to tell those of us who want to go higher. You must be wise. You must learn to bend without breaking. You must learn to be gold and not iron. Let me explain, because these are some very serious things to swallow. The iron is strong, very, very strong, and makes it very, very useful. Use it in making pillars. When we need something that requires strength, we send for iron. The bridge, pillars, other strong, strong things. Why? Because iron doesn't bend easily. You try to bend it too much, it will break. Would rather break than bend too much. But gold, oh, gold will bend this way, bend that way, but it won't break. Not breaking. It's not as strong as iron, and yet it's so precious. What makes gold precious is it knows when to bend how to bend. Great lesson for those of you wanting to go higher. And, and I will give you one or two examples. First Samuel chapter 25. From verse 2 to 42. First Samuel 25, 2 to 42. It tells us the story of a man called Nabal. He had a lot of flocks. David and his men were protecting this Man's animal, free of charge in the wilderness there. Then it was harvest time, and this man was sharing his sheep, and there's plenty of food and so on. And so David said to him, Well, we'll be looking after your flock, free of charge. Now that uh, there's plenty, will you send us some food? 
The man sent back, you know the story, sent back his servants and said, who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? Who begged him to look after my sheep? I'm not going to give any food to that fellow. Everybody goes about nowadays, they don't even have masters. Ah. <laughs> David said, is that so? Yeah, all right then. We will show him. But we have power to wipe him out. David got his men ready. And they were on the way. But the wife of Nabal had what the husband had done. <laughs> and said, oh God, this man is going to finish our entire family. Quickly he got on uh, an ass, a road to come and meet David with food and everything. Came and bowed down before David. Please, don't do it. For your future's sake. Because we are going to be king. Don't let this man spoil your CV. David said, ah, I changed my mind. You know, he ended up marrying that man's wife. <laughs> because when the, man, when the man had that, David was already on the way to wipe him out. He had a heart attack and didn't recover. I'll give you another example. In the New Testament, in Acts chapter 15, from verse 36 to 40, Acts 15, 36 to 40, there was this young man called John Mark. When uh, Paul was going on the first uh, missionary journey, this man was one of those who decided to go along with him. But when the boy got to the field and saw that <laughs> situation here is not so good, he ran back. And so when Paul wanted to go on the second missionary journey, himself and his partner, the son of comfort, the son of comfort said, we will take John Mark with us. Paul said, no way, no way. Not this fellow who ran uh, from the battlefront. No way. The Bible said they argued so fiercely that the two best friends separated. And Paul had to take Silas to go on his own. But then years passed. Paul matured. He realized I made a mistake. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, when he was writing to Timothy, he said, Please send John, send Mark to me. He is profitable. You know the boy, John Mark, that Paul said, bring him back to me, came, was mentored by Paul, and is the one who wrote the gospel according to St. Mark. 
Learn to be gold. The God we serve can change his mind. If he can change his mind, what right have you to say, I can't change my mind? For the next few minutes, let us look at when God changes mind for good. Isaiah chapter 38 from verse 1 to 8. Isaiah 38 from verse 1 to 38. God sent to Ezekiah. O king, thus said the Lord. Put your house in order. You are going to die. You are not going to live. <laughs> Ezekiah said, eh? That from God? Uh, the prophet said, yes. Ah. He turned his face to the wall and bombarded heaven with prayer. God, you know I served you wholeheartedly. I have been a good boy. And you know what, oh God? I don't want to die yet. Before the prophet left the courtyard of the palace, God changed his mind and sent the same prophet back. Go and tell him, I've heard your cry. I've seen your tears. I will give you 15 extra years. I pray for someone here listening to me today, wherever you are. Your appointment with death shall be postponed. Yeah. Jonah chapter 3, from verse 1 to 10. Jonah chapter 3, from verse 1 to 10. It will be a good exercise for you to read the book of Jonah, the entire book of Jonah. There was a time called Nileve. Oh, that city was rotten. Absolutely rotten. And like we have learned, anointing is for warning. So God called Jonah. You are my mouthpiece. I want you to go to Nileve. Tell them, Destruction is knocking at the door. You know the story. Jonah said, no. <laughs> Not those people. If, if I want them, I know you, God. Uh, want them now. And they repent. You will change your mind. Wipe them out. We don't need that kind of city in this world. I'm not going to tell them. So, <laughs> so he started running. I like Jonah. God asked him to go east, he decided to go west. Jumped into a boat and was going to Tashish. I forgot that uh, the God we serve is everywhere. And you know the rest of the story. God told the wind to blow, and the, <laughs> the sea became rough. And uh, a guy was sleeping fine. Until, <laughs> until the sailors came and woke him up and said, you are sleeping? 
said, why won't I sleep? Well, don't you see what's happening? Oh, you woke up. I said, oh, I know why, what is happening. I know why it's happening. <laughs> Throw me overboard. I would rather die than go and tell those people. <laughs> so they threw him overboard. But he has forgotten that God controls even the waves. And one way swallowed him up and refused to digest him because God said, you are just to keep him there or not for food. Well, you know the rest of the story. He repented in the belly of the fish and God said, he can't swim also. Go and vomit him on the beach. When he landed on the beach, God said, okay, <laughs> we should not go wherever I sent you. He said, I will go. He came to Nineveh and announced what God has said. And everybody in the city repented, including sucking children, animals, everybody. And God said, all right, I changed my mind. It would be good to read the whole book of Jonah. Jonah was angry. I knew that's what you would do. <laughs> God said, that's your, that's your old headache now. John chapter 2, from verse 1 to 12. John 2, from verse 1 to 12. In the wedding in, the Canaan, in Canaan of Galilee, they ran out of wine. The mother of Jesus came to Jesus Christ. They lacked wine. Jesus said, my time has not yet come. That's plain language. Yes, you realize that you are my mom. You realize that I was brought into this world to be a miracle worker, but everything has its own time. But you know the rest of the story. In less than one hour, he changed his mind and brought the future into the present. I pray for someone today that whatever God has for you that you have to wait years to get, the Almighty God will bring it to today. Amen. And then in Matthew 15, from verse 21 to 28, Matthew 15, 21 to 28, it was the case of a woman, a Samaritan, who was not of the tribe of Israel, came to Jesus. My son is grievously vexed of the devil. Have mercy on me. She prayed. Jesus ignored her. When finally Jesus Christ was going to answer, I made it. I'm not sent but unto the house of Israel. You are not included in my plan. The woman kept on begging. Jesus called her a dog. You can't have a miracle dog. The woman kept on begging. And God did something. He brought salvation to a heathen years ahead of time. The woman got a miracle. The time for the Gentiles did not come until Acts of the Apostles chapter 10. Long after the Lord Jesus Christ had died and resurrected. But this woman 
was able to get God to change his mind specifically for her purpose. It's my prayer that today you will pray in such a way that the almighty God will change his mind concerning any evil that have been destined for you. That all the prayers you have been praying all this year that have not been answered will be answered today. But then there are occasions when God could change his mind for not so good a result. For Samuel chapter 2 verse 30, for Samuel chapter 2 verse 30, God said, tell Eli, I'm the one who said, you and your father's house will stand before me forever, but now I say, be it far from me. Because only those who honor me will I honor. Those who despise me will I lightly esteem. A family of priests, God said, everyone in that family will not beg before they can eat. God can change his mind. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, from verse 7 to 14, 1 Samuel 13 from verse 7 to 14, there was a king called King Saul. The man of God told him, wait for me. I'll be with you in seven days' time. King Saul couldn't wait. He thought God was too slow. He thought God should have arrived by now. He decided to do the work of a priest, whereas he was a king. The Bible says, as soon as he finished sacrificing, Samuel arrived and said to him, your family was supposed to be the family of kings in Israel forever. But God now says, no more. You can't wait for me. Okay, you're on your own. Those of us who want to go higher in the Lord, we need to understand him fully. He can change his mind. When he's changing his mind concerning you, may it be for good. Amen. May he never change his mind concerning you for evil. If it's already well with you, my prayer is that even if God is going to change his mind, it will be to move you from glory to glory. Amen. If things are hard for you now, I pray that even before this day is over, God will change his mind for good for you. 
The conclusion is found in Ezekiel 33, from verse 13 to 19. Ezekiel 33, from verse 13 to 19. God said, if I say to the righteous, righteous man, you are going to leave. And then the righteous man now says, ah, God has already prophesied good concerning me. And he begins to double into sin. He said, he will die. He said, if I say to the wicked, however, wicked man, you are going to die. And the wicked man says, eh, I changed my mind. I changed my ways. God said, then I will change my mind too, and you will leave. Backsliders, I hope you are listening. You've been born again, you are on your way to heaven, and now you begin to live like a child of the devil. You are heading for hell. And those of you who are not yet children of God, and without any doubt you are heading for hell, but if you will change your mind today and cling to Jesus Christ, you will miss hell, you will leave and make it to heaven. The choice is yours. If we choose to be on the side of the Lord, whatever evil has been in your destiny shall be removed. So if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, you want him to save your soul, you want him to rearrange your destiny from evil to good, please bow your head now and cry to him and say, Lord, save my soul. Whatever evil that is in my future, please change it to good. I repent and I will serve you for the rest of my life. Go ahead, pray that prayer. And I will join you now in praying for your salvation. Thank you, Almighty God. My Father and my God, I want to thank you once again for your word. I want to thank you because you are sovereign. You can do whatever you like in the course of heaven. For these people who have decided to surrender their lives to you today, please, Lord, on their behalf, change your mind. And rather than sending them to hell, let them become partaker of heaven. Let your blood wash away their sins, save their souls, give them a new beginning. Move them from being a child of the devil to being a child of God. Receive them into your family. And from now on, any time they cry unto you, please answer them by fire. And every backslider, Lord, those who are on their way to heaven before, but are now on their way to hell, please, Father, bring them back to yourself. And concerning all your children who are living holy, doing your will, my Father, my God, I pray that you just move us from glory to glory. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Please join us on this same station at this time for another wonderful experience as Pastor E.A. Adeboye exposes the deep mysteries in the Word of God.